welcome to another episode of Tea and Talks with Tina. I am your host, Tina Rahman, and I'm so happy to be here again to speak to you about something very, very important. As ever, I'm bringing you all of the taboo topics and the complex conversations that you should be having in your workplaces, but probably aren't having in your workplaces. So today we're going to be talking about suicide prevention and the employer's obligation and the actions that you're expected to take as an employer. The first thing is employers think that they are not part of the equation. So the reason for this episode is you indeed are part of the equation and actually you play a very, very crucial role. So suicide prevention, we have just passed World Suicide Prevention Day where globally we mark our calendars to look at and raise awareness in this topic. So suicide prevention, it's people who are going through certain feelings, chronic feelings that have led them to believe that they are of no value to others and to the world and therefore they are not worth living is what they believe and obviously that's far from the truth because every single life human and otherwise is precious so I want to talk to you about what your obligations are as an employer if you have faced similar situations in the workplace and the context that we're going to approach this from is if said individual who is feeling suicidal is someone who has these feelings um, and is still here, luckily, um, but is having these thoughts of taking their life. And I I know and I I want to point out that there has been, obviously, very many cases where people have actually followed, followed through with the horrific act of taking their life. And it affects so, so, so many people, their loved ones, colleagues, people around them, people that they've crossed path with, paths within life even, to think that you spoke to somebody in Tesco, you know, having a brief conversation to find out the next day, you know, it might be the papers and that person has, you know, lost a life to suicide. So it will affect that person too. So suicide affects absolutely everyone. It definitely affects those who you work with or those around you in the workplace. Um, so in the situation that you are a business and you have a certain individual who is having these thoughts, what do you do? There is, you know, what people call a grey area of not understanding their roles and responsibilities here, but I think it's pretty straightforward and hopefully it will be to you by the time you've reached the end of this episode. So I want to be clear and concise. If this has happened, the very, very first thing you do as an employer is keep in communication and be there for said individual. So how do you do that? You check up on them, you make sure that they're okay, you provide avenues of communication with charities such as the Samaritans who are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week on their phone line and they also have an email address for somebody called Joe, 
who will respond within 24 hours, which is absolutely amazing. And I mentioned that in my last IGTV video, if you managed to catch that on my Instagram. So it's important to make sure that you've provided all of these avenues of support. You should have a list of these. So you've got the NHS crisis team, you've got the person's GP, and there's other avenues and charities like Mind Organisation, who are in partnership with Bupa. They have plenty of resources on their website as well that employers can use as part of mental health evaluation. So once you have done that to make sure that you have provided support channels to said individual, you'll have to keep in constant communication. And at this point, really want to be in contact and in communication with their NHS crisis team. And I'll, and I'll explain why a little bit further on. You need to make sure that you are fully informed of their medical history at this point and understand things like consent um, does play a part. When you are fearing or you, you know, it's life and death situation, you have a little bit more leeway with that. But obviously I'm talking in the general context here and every single case has to be assessed case by case. So at this stage you will be in contact with said person's care team. You need to make sure that you understand the full extent of the situation and while it's obviously very severe because we're talking about taking one's life, you have to understand the stage of their thought and thinking at that point. So is this person still suicidal? Do you think that they would try to take their life again? Or are they on suicide watch where they are able to get on with some aspects of their life but are still being watched in the event that they might try and take their life? And the way that the healthcare teams will assess that is they'll look at the past actions, they'll look at the feelings and emotions of the person, um, their you know, history, uh, relationships, to come to the conclusion of if they think this person is still suicidal. So once you are able to gather that information, you only need to know the facts, um, you will be able to continue on to the next phase. The next phase is being there for the employee. And at this point, they may or may not explain that they are itching to come back into work because oftentimes you'll find that at this stage the person wants normality and for them it might be their job you know the work environment and their colleagues and their peers so that's understandable however you have an obligation as an employer to ensure that that is in fact the right thing to do you can imagine if somebody's off you know sick from work depending on what the sickness is they might be signed off work so looking at the severity of this situation, the same applies. Is this person being essentially signed off work or have you got the thumbs up from their NHS care team and crisis team to say that they are allowed back into work and that it's safe for them to go back into work? So it's not just a case of taking that comment from the care team. But as an employer, you'd have to run reasonable risk assessments 
for the person's job. So you'd have to look at their workload, roles and responsibilities, relationships that they have with other peers, the setting, so the environment in which they work in, the office, the you know outdoor site, wherever it is that they work, run a risk assessment on the physical environment, also run a risk assessment on the technology that they use. Is this something that they'll be able to use considering that they're coming back from such a traumatic ordeal? Once you are able to risk assess, what you will need to do is make sure you have action points. So a risk assessment is no use if you know, said individual is coming back to the exact same setting, to the exact same scenario. There will have to be some reasonable adjustments in place. But make sure you put that on your risk assessment. Perhaps have a date by, you know, a date for um, your target date. So you have an action. You want to give them a safer space so you know they can work more autonomously maybe um you know the nhs care team says they need a little bit more of a role where they can be with their own thoughts and by themselves and not in too much communication with others it depends it you know it differs from person to person so you you'll take that point and you'll have an action point of action on your risk assessment and perhaps you want to achieve the outcome and the result by the end of the week. So have all of this in line before the person returns to work. And I would also recommend that you formally and informally check in on the person while they're at work when they do return. So perhaps you want a weekly reporting process. But make sure that there is a line manager that is looking after this person to add a little bit more of a personal touch. And I mentioned this on my IGTV video. I said, as much as you're an employer and you are showing support to said individual, your language should be us, we are there for you. We will give you the support. And it's very us and we, because you're speaking for the business. But a direct line manager, although is going to remain professional and speak for the business, should add a personal touch also. Because oftentimes, a person going through this type of mental constraint does feel undervalued or doesn't feel loved, perhaps. So to add a personal touch to a conversation holds a lot of weight and a lot of value, which is going to mean a lot more to the individual than we could ever imagine. So that's the key things to look out for. And also, the very, very key thing I would say is to understand and to be human. While we are all running a business or we're all, you know, we've got operations and targets to execute, we have to also understand that human beings are exactly that. We're human beings. We have different thought processes. We have different levels of emotions and sensitivity. And we have to value that in each other and recognise that in each other. So treat the person as a human being not as just an asset of the business at this point show your levels of compassion and really work with them and support them so it's everything from the way in which you speak to your eye contact to your body language to your communication but of course you don't want to make this person feel singled out you want them to feel that they're part of a team And you definitely don't want them to feel as if they're a burden. So that's very, very key. And how do you do that? 
you you give them the compliments if they've done something that is good for the business the task or they've attempted to try whether or not they failed at this point that's not what you need to be looking at but it's to give those words of encouragement to give those words of confidence to say that I think you've done great without overdoing it because you have to understand the person if you think that overdoing the praising will make them feel belittled or may come patronising or make them feel worse, then you have to just take a stance of being that way. Just just be normal, just be attentive, just be an employer that genuinely cares for this person. And if you need and if it calls for be in contact with their friends or family or whoever's around them if they have anyone around them to make sure that you understand how they are when they're at home and I'm not saying that you have to text them when they're at home and outside of working hours but as a human being you would be interested to know that they will be okay and that they have the support you know system at home and if they don't have the support system at home then make sure that you are confident that they have a support system with the charity Samaritans or Mind Organisation. So those are the key things and if anything, if you're going to take anything out of this episode, I hope it'll be that we are all human beings, that you understand that we are all human beings and that every human being needs to be shown compassion, whether or not you face a situation like this. You are all human beings with different level levels of emotion and we need to be treated as such. And the second thing I hope that you'll take away from this is your risk assessments. So if you don't have any form of risk assessments in your business and you're listening to this thinking, I've never heard of that and we don't have anything like that in place. Risk assessments don't have to just be for an event like this. Risk assessments should happen periodically within different departments and for different reasons so health and safety should definitely be one of them if we if you're in a company which has you know multiple people in an office and everybody's on the computer for 10 hours a day you have to also think about risk assessing their role so i hope you'll take that away look at your processes to see where you can implement a risk assessment and how you can do this, which is the key individual in the workplace that can conduct all of this with obviously the right qualifications and skills. Um, implement all of that as of immediate effect. Obviously take your time to make sure that they are perfect. And also what you'll find is in any situation, if you have these in place, for example, risk assessments for people who are returning to work after maternity, You'd often find that you mitigate a lot of liability should anything happen. I know we think that, you know, these things won't happen. However, when it's happening to those businesses or those individuals, that's what they would have thought that these things won't happen. So they do happen. So I hope you have found this helpful. And as ever, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me. My email is info at hrhabitat.co.uk and obviously you can DM me on my Instagram page which is hr.habitat and of course you can send me a message through any of these channels that allow you to do that. I'm on several podcast platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in the next one.